This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. The time is here, everybody. Today is draft day. NFL connoisseurs everywhere. This is basically like Christmas, and it is going to be exciting. Welcome, everybody, to the Most Valuable Sports Podcast. Brandon here, running solo. My buddy Joe has some family matters he had to get to. We wish him nothing but the best. But good news, you'll get to hear Joy's lovely voice tomorrow. We will have an extra podcast reacting to day one of the NFL Draft, which is happening today here, April 29th. And we will have a reaction show tomorrow, April 30th. So make sure that you hit that subscribe and follow button on whatever podcast platform you are listening to right now, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Breaker, or Stitcher, or whatever podcast platform you found them on. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and follow so you don't miss out on any of the episodes coming up because they're going to be good ones. And also, don't forget to follow us on social media at the MBSP, whether it's Instagram or Twitter, because you can let us know some questions you may have for the content on our show, which I can guarantee you there will be a question being asked today. So your question may be the next one mentioned on this show but before we get into the nfl mock or the nfl draft tonight um really quick just wanted to shout out bulldog radio for the excellent job that they've done um throughout this year helping us make this podcast possible this school year we appreciate all that they do helping us get in the studio a lot with marketing without that organization we would not be in this spot so make sure you can check out bulldog radio air at ferris state um, on any social media platform or on Bulldog Connect as well if you're a student. Because if you want to make a podcast, I can guarantee you Bulldog Radio is a place that can make it happen. We even started a new podcast here at Bulldog Radio with music. If you're a music fan, check out Podstock with Evan Hubbard and Jax Miller where they talk about everything there is to know about the music industry as well as their first episode featuring Metallica. Mr. Motor City Dan Campbell's one of his favorite bands. So you can check out that episode as well by finding Podstock wherever you found this podcast. But right out of the shoot, we're getting right into it. It's so exciting. I am just shaking in this chair right now how excited I am. Tonight is the night, the NFL draft. Finally here. We've waited an entire year for this moment. We are back. And it is super exciting super exciting and even though there's a lot of speculation going into this draft that a lot of things are already said and done at the end of the day it's draft day and anything can happen if anybody's ever seen the film draft day with kevin costner by the way if you haven't seen that and you're a football fan i don't know if you can be considered a football fan but if you haven't go watch it absolutely fantastic film about really the in-depth of what goes on during this day it is much more than people could ever imagine you are pro- literally getting a full eye view into the movie, and it is fantastic just to see and experience everything that's going on, and it is an exciting day. Nerve-wracking for the executives, but fun for the fans. Maybe nerve-wracking too, especially if you're a Lions fan, but we'll get to that in a minute. But starting off, 
going through some of these picks we'll give i'll give a layout here for the what we have on plan on the show we'll go through each um um kind of go through each pick really quick not necessarily going to go in-depth mock draft style because we do have some of those if you want to check those full mock drafts out we have mock draft 1.0 and 2.0 with our buddies at mics and takes you can check those out in the feed below if you want round by round pick by pick you can check those out in the feed. Um, we, we'll talk a little bit about draft structure, potential dropping prospects, flyers, and even trades that will happen. Because I can promise you, there will be one trade, at least one in this draft. So moving right in, let's kind of go over um, what there is to need to know. I know there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are probably full in depth on football. They will know everything there is to know about football and want to just hear different perspective from me and Joe. And then there's some people that don't necessarily know a lot about football want to know more about it especially with draft day being only a couple hours away they might be thinking you know i might watch this mock draft or this this nfl draft i keep saying mock draft because i feel like we've just been talking about mock drafts so much it's just in just encompassed in my brain but it's the real thing guys it's the real thing Super exciting. So whether that is you, we're gonna tr- whether you are the the newbie to the draft scene or just another want another perspective and maybe somebody to 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 really ridicule when my when um picks are garbage and everything is wrong. Um, you've come to the right place. <laughs> Let me just say that because I know for sure some of my picks will be wrong, and pretty much a lot of America's picks will be wrong because at the end of the day, end of the day, draft day is just a fantastic day of surprises. But Without further ado, let's get right into it. So with, I think there's one consensus guaranteed, put it in stone, write it in Sharpie, no question Trevor Lawrence is going number one to Jacksonville. It's really the most sure thing in this draft. Some argue would say that the number two pick is just as cemented, but I think that they're, I don't, I don't think so. I think Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville is by far the most cemented pick in this draft and it is one of those picks where um i was actually talking to um a colleague that uh, literally just before i got in here to studio um taking some taking some pictures for athletics um just about how cemented trevor lawrence is to jacksonville just crazy like we haven't had this much of a cemented number one pick in a long time because i mean the last couple of years has kind of been um i mean you could have you could have possibly made the argument that joe burrow was the slam dunk number one but really he wasn't it wasn't as close it wasn't as close as far of a gap in prospects and it wasn't as far as the gap of the picks so what i mean by that is last with chase young was probably the best prospect in the draft but joe burrow was by far the slam dunk number one pick zach wilson is not the same player as trevor lawrence is as far as the tiers go i think that trevor lawrence is on the the ultimate tier and then even possibly you could put justin fields next on that quarterback list but but anyway with the point i mean the really the last time we've had a slam dunk number one pick that has been so obvious i mean we go back to to 2020 um burrow really was the one that was kind of the the slam dunk but really it was it was probably a a little bit of a question mark uh kyler murray and nick bosa not not really like kind of a pretty similar narrative to what burrow and um young were like i mean 18 was really a surprise that was the year baker mayfield was drafted um right before um saquon barkley and then the jets ultimately get sam darnold which they will now have to change but i think really the last time that we had a a more slam dunk number one pick uh i would have to i'd have to say 
Um, I would I would definitely have to say I don't know if it was a 17. You might be able to make an argument for based on um just the just the overall aspect of Miles Garrett, but I think it would have to be back all the way. Man, I'm gonna have to say it might have been 2014, which Dave and Clowney might have been the closest one to that that we knew that he was going to Houston, almost guaranteed. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, it was still a fantastic draft, and I know this one's going to be as well. But Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville, I mean, you're only you're going from Clemson over to Jacksonville, not a far place. You're not going to have to move very far. Your family's there. You're the consensus number one pick. You're the reason Urban Meyer came out of coaching retirement. You are the reason that Jacksonville fans are so happy. And this is just an absolute slam dunk if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. You have your quarterback to build around in the draft. You've got all the draft capital in the world later on in this year's draft and next year's draft. And you have all the cap space you still have left, which, by the way, is still very large despite how much money they, they spend in the offseason. I believe there's still over $30 million in cap space. So if you have a team like with Trevor Lawrence at the helm that wins six, seven games and just needs some playmakers, I'm sure there's some teams that will definitely um, have players that they are willing to get for some of that draft capital. And there will be some players that are probably going to be willing to step into Jacksonville and play with Trevor Lawrence in the team that's very good and well coached with Urban Meyer. I mean, especially with a lot of Ohio State alums too that have already went over, like Carlos Hyde, who's now going to join the Jacksonville Jaguars as well behind James Robinson. So there's going to be a lot of possibilities. But anyway, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one pick. There is no question about it. If it doesn't happen, this whole NFL draft is a scam and nothing even makes sense in life. But anyway, in the number two, Zach Wilson to the Jets seems almost inevitable. Um, regardless of what is going to happen on the board, um, I think it's it's really hard to put Zach Wilson at the number two spot based on what we've seen from Justin Fields, but I think it's just the Jets like Zach Wilson more. I think they like the idea of a young star QB in the Big Apple, especially with the rebuild going on. They want to get tickets, and Zach Wilson can sell you tickets. I know there's plenty of people out there like myself that didn't watch BYU football on the standard before this year when this kid played, and he's fantastic. He has a great arm. Um, he's, a, he's pretty mobile. He's a great quarterback, and at the end of the day, I do think he has overall the best or the the best the most bust potential but at the end of the day it's still he's he's a fantastic playmaker I mean he's a smart kid he's really the only thing that's a knock on him is playing Mountain West football rather than any of the power five conferences that's the only thing that holds Zach Wilson back from being a top pick um just because you have other guys like Fields and Mac Jones that have played against SEC Big Ten teams that are much more suited at the NFL level than the Mountain West with BYU. So that's really the only question mark. And that's that's the reason why he has the bus potential because we don't know how he's going to play on a big stage. The only big stage he had last year was in a... Um, a near comeback victory against uh, Coastal Carolina um, last season where they ended up coming literally a couple yards short from tying up that game and maybe potentially winning it. So at the end of the day, BYU quarterback Zach Wilson, he's in a good spot. Uh, I'm really interested to see how he adjusts, but I think it's going to be pretty much inevitable that the Jets are going to take Zach Wilson. Number three, this is where everybody quoted. This is where the draft starts. Number three, now where the unknowns come in, really. Um, we've cemented Lawrence and Wilson 1-2, and then 3 is where it gets a little flexible. Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. Now, according to reports going around, 
it's pretty obvious with this move that was being made a month ago that moving up from 12 to 3, it's pretty obvious that San Fran wants a quarterback, needs a quarterback, and is going to take a quarterback. And in this spot, it's pretty obvious that Mac Jones, Justin Fields are going to be, I want to say the two high, they're the two, I believe, Highest on the big board for quarterbacks, I believe Trey Lance might be five, but it also depends on the board you're looking at. But I, it, it looks like it's going to be Mac Jones from Alabama. It really does. And I think the reasoning behind that is um, because he's the best immediate fit. And I think San Fran's just... They're just ready to have Jimmy Garoppolo just kind of out of there. And I'm not we're, they're not saying he's a bad quarterback. They just can't keep him on the field for crying out loud. That's the problem with this whole scenario because Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback. You just can't keep him on the field and keep him off a stretcher. That's just what seems to happen. Well, that was, that was kind of aggressive. But hey, you, you get my gist. Not having a quarterback on the field healthy causes you to lose games. And that, that ends up being what really seems like it's what's going to happen in San Fran is that they just want to they just want a new quarterback that Kyle Shanahan can develop and that has better health than Jimmy Garoppolo but again then again that whole team just seems like they're 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 injured a lot so I don't know if they need to make a field change maybe to turf I don't, I don't know I don't know what they need to do but it just seems like the writing's on the wall that Mac Jones is the quarterback whether this happens or not is a good question because then again, this could be a huge smokescreen because at the end of the day, Cleveland deked us back in 2017 um, with the the whole situation around. Oh, we're gonna we're thinking about taking Sam Darnold. We're thinking about, or I'm sorry, not 2017, 2018. I'm at, excuse me, where they were there was back and forth. Who's gonna be the number one quarterback? I don't know. It might be Baker. Might be Josh Allen. Maybe you could throw. A Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen in there is really a big time question mark. And then basically it was, I think it was pretty much down to Darnold or I think it was down to Darnold or Allen for the number one spot. And then they end up picking Baker Mayfield at number one. They surprised everyone. So at the end of the day, like even though the smoke screen is out there like that, like just because, or I should say, just because the writing's on the wall doesn't mean there's not a smokescreen out there. This might be just a ploy for them to get Trey Lance. Maybe they want somebody for the future, but they're not ready to give up Jimmy Garoppolo yet. Even though there are reports that they're hearing offers, even though they're saying that he won't be traded. Then again, they're just con- contemplating their own their own philosophy and values. So I don't know what they're doing there. But Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a big piece of that puzzle because basically. The idea that them trading up on three doesn't sound like they're really into having Jimmy Garoppolo there long term. So end up there. Um, so Justin Fields, Mac Jones are probably the most likely um, solutions. I can't imagine they're going to re- wait on Trey Lance that long because Kyle Shanahan's got to start winning because at the end of the day, he also has three losing seasons. So uh, you got to start winning with the San Fran team before everybody just, while everybody's on the field, before everybody gets hurt and everybody's values depleted. You got to start winning now. You have the capability. So, a guy to go in there, most polished quarterback to get you there quickest, um, as far as get to the ceiling the quickest, is Mac Jones, where you might need more time with Fields and Trey Lance, even though there's a higher potential. So, I think that's the reason why Mac Jones is going to go there. Um, Atlanta, this is a team that I could see trading down. Um, they, they really need have a lot of needs. Um, if they stay in the four spot, they should take Kyle Pitts. Um, that's then probably the number one option. Uh, I mean, yeah, they do have pass, wep- pass catching weapons like Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Um, then you could throw in um, um, Olamid Zacchaeus, and you could throw in uh, Russell Gage. But at the end of the day, they don't have a star-studded tight end that really has been a staple for them going back to Tony Gonzalez that really makes them an elite 
team in the passing game, especially in the red zone. And they really didn't have that last year. I mean, Hayden Hurst is a great tight end. Don't get me wrong. But he was the reason that he came to Atlanta was because of his success as a backup in Baltimore, um, really behind Mark Andrews. And that's a big-time decision that you can make as Atlanta put him back in that secondary spot where he really shined. And then you have just an elite generational almost Pro Bowl bound talent of Kyle Pitts that can play both on the line, off in, and you could put him really on the, you could even throw him outside if you wanted to. You could throw him in the slot. You could throw him on the line. You could throw him everywhere. He's a great pass catcher. And I'm, I'm really, I'm really interested to see where that goes. So I think Atlanta is going to be a prime candidate to trade down with a team that might want a quarterback. For example, New England, maybe, um, you could throw in Denver maybe if they are really going to get aggressive. I don't think they should be, but they could be. But if they stay there, I'm going to anticipate them to take Kyle Pitts. But if they trade down, um, they're probably going to be looking more towards the defensive side of the ball where they're going to look maybe linebacker or corner. Um, the Bengals is a very interesting pick at five. They have really two options in my mind. They're either going to go tackle or they're going to go receiver. And if um, Kyle Pitts is still on the board, you may be able to make an argument that they could take him. I wouldn't mind having Kyle Pitts getting catching passes from Joe Burrow, but at the end of the day, I don't know how the likelihood chances of that number four deal for a trade being done based on what Atlanta is asking for value because it is through the roof. It is multiple first round picks, a couple second round picks, and more. That and there's a reason that the deal hasn't been done. They've been receiving calls for the last two months and not got anything because the value is so high. So. And the end of the day, it's going to probably be Jamar Chase from a wide receiver from LSU, which is by far the most alluring pick, getting Joe Burrow, his former teammate, back and the number one receiver in this class. Or you take a generational lineman like Penny Sewell out of Oregon, who did opt out last year, like Jamar Chase, but he is quoted as one of the generational linemen in this class. I mean, the guy's 6'6", 330 pounds, and he can move. He's a great, great prospect. And there's some people that like Slater more. I like Sewell a little bit more. I think with the with his ability to, um, as far as his hands, I mean, the, the guy's really got... He's he has some really good technique with his hands and he he's fantastic and I think that that is something that should be looked at with the Bengals. I would prefer that they would take Sewell because to me there's way more value in later rounds with a receiver and there's been a lot more success in years past with late round receivers. I mean we saw Deontay Johnson recently with the Steelers that was a second or third round pick. Tyreek Hill was a fifth round pick and then you even got Julian Edelman who was undrafted. So you can find basically stud receivers for a team in later rounds. And I think that the value of alignment is so much higher, especially when you get, see a guy like Tristan Wirfs last year taking number 12, I believe, for the, the Buccaneers, or 12 or 13, one of the two, um, where he made an immediate impact. And that's something that I think the Bengals should take. I know it's really tempting to make take Jamar Chase. I know it really is, which could be overall what they do. And I don't think that's a bad pick. I'd prefer, personally, if I was the GM, I would go Sewell because the chances of getting a generational tackle are much lower in, and there are much higher hits in the higher rounds, like round one and round two, compared to later rounds where receiver, the chances are much, much higher in later rounds. That's where my mind's at, but I'm also a statistical analytical guy. So um, based on that pick, I think that's going to influence the Dolphins because really it's going to be, if they take Sewell, 
Dolphins are going to scoop up Jamar Chase. They need weapons for Tua. They have they signed Will Fuller in the offseason. Um, they have some other guys there. Devontae Parker's been kind of he's been great, but it's just he's kind of he's kind of in the same era of Garoppolo. It's it's just keeping him on the field that's the hard part. Um, and then you got some other guys in there that are kind of sneaky good. Preston Williams is, is he's very good when healthy. Jakeem Grant is a nice guy to throw in there to throw um, to th- throw in some speed. Um, but then then again they don't have a true big time target. And I know I made the argument on our first mock draft that they could take Kyle Pitts here um, if he, but I don't think he's going to fall that far. But I think the idea of having Jamar Chase there is great because. He's a he's a very good possession guy where Parker is a little bit more all around and Will Fuller is more of a top threat. So then you got pretty much all aspects of the spectrum there. You could make the argument Jalen Waddle because he could go right in at the slot and he could also um, you're also getting a specialist out of Jalen Waddle. I think that the idea of the injury last year might knock Jalen Waddle a little bit lower down um, than I mean Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase has so much potential, which is the reason why. But that I think that's going to be what the Dolphins go. They're basically going to go next playmaker best playmaker available whether it's Jamar Chase Jalen Waddle Kyle Pitts they're going that direction they could make a, a run at offensive linemen but I think with what they did last year getting Austin Jackson signing some guys in the offseason I think that they're they're going to be more de- looking at development in that aspect than draft um then becomes the good question and speaking of, of questions we had one submitted on the show from a good buddy um from the show actually um, that's bad. I won't. I won't release his name. I'll keep him. I'll keep him anonymous, just based on the fact. But I think um, it's pretty fair to say, based on the question, that he is a Motown man. Um, the question is, how will the Lions disappoint their fans once again, once a year? Well, first of all, they're not going to. In my mind, the only way you can screw this up for the Lions is take a tight end, not name Kyle Pitts. And I really wouldn't like the idea of Kyle Pitts being drafted to the Lions. If he fell that far, I could talk myself into it by the end of the day. But if you're going to take Pat Fryermuth, seventh overall, Brad Holmes needs to be fired on the spot. Well, maybe not on the spot. Maybe he knows more something than I do. I would very much dislike the ideas of Brad Holmes, and I might be calling for his head tomorrow morning. But that's not a move we can make. And we also can't go after a running back in this spot too seven is not a good spot for running back i think we have to wait till round i think i don't even think we should take a running back no we shouldn't even take a running back i don't even know why i got myself sidetracked that we should take a running back there's no way we should take a running back we got jamal williams from the packers and we have deandre swift give them a full campaign please before drafting another running back i mean if you want to take a guy like a jason huntley that could play specialist like we drafted last year do that in the seventh or sixth round or whatever or i should say late fifth round since we don't have a sixth or seventh but in this spot, I'm looking at um, mock drafts on CBS Sports. A lot of the guys that I follow, as far as looking at their 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 analysis, um, I, there's some people that I really do believe, based on what we've seen, what we've heard, that I think it's a good idea for Detroit to trade down. I really do think it's a good idea, and I think that's a, a really interesting scenario for Detroit because if we don't trade a lot in the draft that often so i think it's a spot i don't i don't ex- like everywhere we are on if sewell falls to seven that would be the only player hypothetically in that spot that will be worth that value if we go for a receiver in smith or waddle that value is a little it's a little bit of a reach uh, a defensive um uh, a corner a defensive back 
high in that spot for a reach. Um, even if you want to throw in um, Micah Parsons, based on what we've heard, his off-field stuff is a little suspicious, you know. It's just not there. It's hard to figure out because he was really the consensus going into this draft. We were going to take him. We are going to revitalize our linebackers. But in the, it's kind of seemed like it's like, I don't know about this guy. Um, personally, I'm a big Zayvon Collins fan, so I was hoping we could maybe snag him in the second round, but it sounds like he might even go at the end of the first. So, But there's also other guys. There's also other linebackers that might be that will probably be available the second time around because really I see linebacker and receiver personally as the two biggest needs for this draft as far as the early rounds is to go receiver and um, linebacker or vice versa. So I think there's going to be linebackers available because, I mean, Jamin Davis might be a guy that falls down in day two, could be Zayman Collins. Uh, we really don't know. Like those guys could fall and then we have the opportunity to scoop them up in later rounds. But if we also want to, we also need defensive backs to save our life. That's also another uh, place we can address um, later in the second round. If somebody like Asante Samuel falls or even Caleb Farley, that would be epic if we get Caleb Farley to fall just based on his back injury. But he could has the potential to be the highest in the class. But with the Lions pick, I'm expecting if there's... I don't think we should take Slater at 7. I think there's going to be teams that we can trade with that I'd feel more comfortable taking Slater at 15. Um, maybe even... I could maybe talk myself into... I think that there's two teams on uh, in this draft that will be willing to trade with Detroit and that we will work with. One of them, obviously, is the Patriots because... A, we have off half their players, and B, um, we stole some of their coaching staff and then gave them back. Uh, Matt Patricia, anyway, but um, good riddance. Um, there's all plenty of opportunities to trade with New England based on the fact they need a quarterback and they're willing to go get them. Like they've they've been willing to say, hey, we're we're looking into seeing where we can go in this draft to maybe draft a quarterback because they like Justin Fields and they like Trey Lance. Those two guys are going to be there available after probably pick five. I think four, maybe, if some team is just really aggressive and really likes the potential of Trey Lance or Justin Fields, they could trade with Atlanta, but they're going to have to give up an absolute haul, which I don't think any team's willing to make, especially in this year, where a lot of these guys are opt-outs and haven't played, and there's a lot of question marks. There is a potential that they will trade up with us to get to seven to get Trey Lance or Justin Fields, which I think is a good idea, and I would like to trade down and get more picks and then still have the ability to take a guy that can fit in day one. Um, they have There's an idea, I think it was put on by Josh Edwards, if I remember, yes. He had the idea of taking Patrick Sertain. I don't love it. I don't hate it, though. I don't mind giving us another corner that we could have. I mean, it's just going to be hard to get over the fact that Okuda was kind of a miss last year. He still could be good, but the first, a first-round corner doesn't look too good on paper for compared to look what we did last year. I do like the idea of looking at a guy like... I think I, I really do like... Um, I really would like Micah Parsons. If we were to draft Micah Parsons, please do it at 15 and not 7. That'll make me feel so much better about myself. The fact that we got more of a haul for the later rounds of the draft and next year and, and take the risk on Parsons since we do have capital to back it up. But at the end of the day, we still have a, a lot of other needs. We could take a receiver like Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. I would not mind them if we even picked them at seven. Um, I think Jalen Waddle is more of an interesting idea since the fact is we have we'd have Amendola and Waddle. Assuming Amendola comes back, I'm not sure what his plans are yet. But Jamar Chase would definitely be the slam dunk that we could get at seven. I think will be a no brainer if he's there. We'll pull the trigger just because we lost Galladay and Marvin Jones. We need a big threat. But, I mean, Devontae Smith could also be an interesting flyer, and he could be a guy, if we trade down even with Denver at 9, that we could snag at 9. Um, 
or even at 15, maybe if he's still there. Like, there's some knock drafts that have him falling that far. So I think Devontae Smith personally will probably get scooped up by Philadelphia if he's not there already. So I think there's plenty of ideas in this draft. But to answer um, the fan, our fans' question, no tight end, no running back. That's the only way you can screw this up, really. And as long as you take a valued player. Now, if you take an edge, I won't be kind. I won't be happy. I can maybe talk myself into it. But we have so many needs, it's hard to say, yeah, that's a terrible pick. Because at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, we need everything in on this team, except for a running back and a tight end. So if we even drafted Justin Fields or Trey Lance, I wouldn't be totally mad. There's going to have to be some explaining to do in the front office since we said, yeah, Jared Goff, you're our guy. Here's the keys. And, oh, by the way, we're going to take him from you after two years. That that doesn't make any sense because that's not what they said. But at the end of the day, that's what they're going to have to talk about. But anyway, um, scooting through here, some of the, the rest of the top ten. Uh, Carolina, to me, going the offensive line, almost guaranteed. You have Sam Darnold via trade. Now you got to protect him so he can get rid of the ball because that was really a little bit of a problem with him with the Jets. Um, if you're going to develop him, you have to, or at least stopgap him or whatever, you have to at least give him time so that, a, he can either be better and maybe even develop de- develop into your franchise quarterback. Because at the end of the day, Mel Kuyper said if you were to put these prospects back in there, Sam Darnold would actually be third on the list behind um, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, if I remember correctly. He he's he's still that good. He just hasn't been on a great team. Like I said, he's the on, we've said on the show according to Joe, he is the garbage can. Not the garbage. He holds the garbage, but he is not himself garbage. But we're going to see how that plays out when he goes to Carolina. But Or you make him play better, and then you get the opportunity to maybe build up um, some value for him, and then you trade him for a lot more than you have. But at the end of the day, you have to give him an opportunity to succeed. Got to take a lineman. If Sewell's off the board, they're going to go Rashawn Slater. Um, if he's not, they're going to get Sewell, and the fan base is going to be absolutely ecstatic. Um, at nine, this pick is currently held by Denver, and I believe in all four of these mock drafts here on CBS Sports, I believe Denver does not have a single number nine pick in that spot. Or I lied. There's nope. There's one, and it's on uh, Ryan Wilson's, and he has J.C. Horn. That's a great pick. I like that pick, J.C. Horn. And I know they got they addressed the cornerback room in the offseason. You need to have corners to play in the AFC West. You have to. You must. You play in Kansas City and the Chargers twice a year. Those teams are going to throw on you 50 times for 350 yards. you got to have abilities to stop them, especially in the secondary. So I don't mind that pick. I think if Micah Parsons falls to nine, that might not be a bad place to go because at the end of the day, they're going to need linebackers. Von Miller and Bradley Chubb won't be there forever. And really, that that's kind of a that's kind of a secondary need, I think, in my mind for the Broncos, maybe even a primary need. Um, I think their most definite notable need is their quarterback. But if they don't want Lancer Fields or they don't they can't get him, that could be an interesting option for them is to go that direction and maybe even get somebody maybe they even trade down and see if they can get somebody like um Jeremiah Orusu Koromoa or even go down to get Zaven Collins or Jamin Davis. Um going into ten, Cowboys to me gotta go corner. They have to. There's no way they can't. Their secondary was awful. Excuse me, that was actually nice. Their their defensive back was or room was trash last year. And I'm not calling the players themselves trash, but statistically they were garbage. They were terrible. I believe they're 30th in the NFL. Maybe if not, that might be nice. It might have been worse. They need corners. Sertain's the most polished, most NFL ready. That one's the most logical. It's been the most logical since day one. I think that's going to be the same. J.C. Horn there couldn't be 
it could be an interesting idea. There was one, I believe, um, idea where they could trade down, and if they somehow still got certain, that would be very interesting. But they also had the idea of trading up for Kyle Pitts, which seems like a total Jerry Jones move after what we saw with CeeDee Lamb. So I think there's an opportunity for the Cowboys to get a corner, and I think they should take it. I don't think they should go anywhere else. I don't I don't see the immediate need that some people do with the offensive line. I know they lost some pieces. I think offensive and defensive line are going to be a need that you can fill later on. I think the potential of where you're at, you can snag a starting corner that's extremely developed already with J.C. Horn, who's been in polish with uh, ready for the NFL, I should say, because his dad played in the NFL. So I think that's a logical option. And then you also have... Um, Excuse me, Patrick Chartain, who's already the most polished, most NFL ready, is quoted by scouts. So I think that's where you can go there. Um, 11 with the Giants. This is an interesting pick. Dave Gettleman's lineman guy. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised if they took um, one of the linemen available, if it's Darisaw or Slater. But at the end of the day, I think that what they need, wide receiver to me is not as big of a need because you have Shepard, you have... Uh, you yeah yeah you have Galladay you have Shepard and you have Slayton you might be able to get say Devontae Smith put a him inside for now but I don't I don't think that's what you'd want to do I just can't see the eyes of or I can't just see past the fact that they need an edge player badly so if they want to I think Quiddy Pay would be a good fit I don't think they're gonna I don't think they will go up any higher as far or any lower on the board in the edge department. I don't think they're going to go down and get Aziz Ojolari or they're going to go get... Um, they're not going to go get a guy like Jalen Phillips or Greg Rousseau that high. So maybe they trade down. Maybe they don't. I don't know. Giants are kind of a question mark. I think the, the Eagles are also just as much of a question mark at 12 because they have a lot of different directions they could go. I think Devontae Smith, if he's available, will be the pick. They need a receiver. They kind of swing and swing... Swung? Swinged? Huh, whatever. They basically took a whiff last year with Jalen Rager just for last year he wasn't great last year doesn't mean he won't be great this year but you have a chance to get the Heisman Trophy winner whose really only complaint is his frame that's the only complaint about Devontae Smith he won the Heisman for a reason guys he's good he's a great pass catcher he's ability to get in space and score that's what he does and he has a great ability to get open he's a great route runner the only thing is his frame really is the only thing that's stopping him being 6'1", 175, which at the end of the day, he played special teams. Some people don't know that. He played special teams. It takes a different breed and toughness to play special teams. I have never played football, but I know that as a fact from multiple people that have told me and from what I've seen firsthand. But I think that's a, I think the, the Eagles are going to be a pick that they're really going to look best player available. They could even go corner. I would be uh, – if they pick J.C. Horn at 12, that would be a slam dunk for them. That really would. Get a guy opposite Darius Slade that can really lock down some of these hardcore receiving teams now in the NFC East that are now getting bolstered. So that wouldn't be a bad idea for them either. Uh, the Chargers, linemen. Put it in the almost put it in the bank for sure. The only reason that they might not is they would have J.C. Horn falling down a little bit, which is possible. But I think that they're they just they have the tools offensively. They just need to fill the void of the offensive line as far as tackle position goes. And I think that the I think Christian Darrisaw could be a guy that can help them. Then again, if J.C. Horn's still there and they take him, I think that would be okay too. If the Chargers somehow got Slater or traded up even to get Sewell, 
I think that'd also be a good idea because I think that they need a generational tackle that'll be there because I know they really, really love Justin Herbert, and they should. He was great. He was one of the best rookies in football last year as a quarterback, and he only won six games. So at the end of the – yeah, that, that was kind of – why did I just say that? Anyway, um, he's a great quarterback. They just need to protect him. Um, at 14, Minnesota, I think edge is offensive-defensive line. That's the only the only routes you can go if you're Minnesota, in my mind. I don't think you draft Kirk Cousins' successor. It's a fun idea to throw around um, as far as um, doing different mock drafts and stuff. I, you got, I think you have to go line as far as taking Slater or Darisaw if they continue to fall. I think that's perfect. Um, they could probably take Elijah Vera Tucker. No one's going to be too com- complaining too much. Quiddy Pay falling there. I've heard a lot of are a lot of Vikings fans like Quiddy Pay, so that, that one could be good for them um, as far as the fan base is concerned. And it's a good scheme fit as well. Quiddy Pay wouldn't work really well. I know some people say that they could, they'll could they reach up to go get Jalen Phillips. They like Jalen Phillips a lot. So I think, they're, I think that the consensus is they'll take Vera Tucker – which I think is fine because you have needs at offensive guard and tackle. He can play both. So really, whatever fill you need, you can put him there. He's a very versatile player. He does well at tackle and guard, so you can put him there. Uh, 15, this is the Patriots pick. If they don't trade up for a quarterback, I see them picking, taking the best defensive player available. Unless a guy like Devontae Smith is there or Jalen Waddell is there, then you could definitely make the argument, okay, that would definitely help their offense. But I think them take, getting Parsons at 15 just seems like a Belichick pick because he, he knows how to take those the, um, some of the questionable guys and scare them straight. I don't know if it's Belichick himself but that organization somehow knows how to take a lot of players I mean we saw it kind of with Antonio Brown's resurgence a little bit they're willing to take the guy with a question mark and get the and and work him back into the way that he used to be as far as mental state and physical state so that would be something I could see I mean there's rumors they like um they like the idea of having Trey Lance or Justin Fields behind Cam Newton, and they're willing to trade up for him. I know a lot of mock drafts do. Um, some of them even have it with us, Detroit, um, trading with them to go get Trey Lance or Justin Fields. I think really if they got one of those two at 15, it'd be the ultimate ultimate steal, ultimate flex. Um, but I think that would be very interesting to see where – it'll be interesting to see where the Patriots end up. Uh, Zayvon Collins to Arizona is an idea for the Cardinals. I don't mind the idea. I think it's a little high for Zayvon Collins. But I think J.C. Horn would be a slam dunk if he fell to 16 for the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals need corners. I mean, they just lost Patrick Peterson, so that becomes an immediate need. Um, They might make the argument for receiver. Uh, I mean, you have Hopkins, you have Kirk, and you have A.J. Green now. So in my mind, it's like, it's not as immediate need as some other people think. But at the end of the day, if they if they can get a guy like Jalen Waddle, sure, take him. No one's going to be mad because you're just making the offense more lethal. And really, they've solved some problems on defense now, sir. You've already improved. Um, 17 with the Raiders. I know there's a buddy probably listening to this, so that is a big Raiders fan. Shout out, Brendan, if you're listening. Uh, to me, this is, oh, this is really hard for the Raiders because – there's gonna probably be some flashy players on the board, but I think you I don't think you can go flashy in this spot. I think you have to consider um, their de- the defensive side of the ball is very, very shredded. It is not good. I think that's the most immediate standout need for the Raiders is just defense. That's yeah, that's position. Defense. They need to improve their defense. Um, Micah Parsons falling there. 
Now I would probably that just seems like a John Gruden Raiders toughness type of mentality of a pick. Um, I don't mind the idea of them taking a linebacker. I really don't. I think I think Michael Parsons to the Raiders just makes too much sense. I don't know why it just fits the 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 match of aggression. It just makes sense to me. Um, I think they they could seriously look at a guy like um, Jamin Davis going there. He's also a guy that can really um, uh, revitalize a defense. We saw it a little bit in Kentucky. He can stand out, uh, and he's also ripped. By the way, oh man, that man is huge. Uh, he is a football player. Uh, I think you could improve in the in the defensive back department as well. I know they're I know that they're they're getting pretty thin there uh, as far as corners. I believe that uh, I can't remember off the top of my head who they're. I think do they? I think I can't remember if they still have um, um, Jonathan Abrams or not. But I think that's really your your top. Yeah, that's really your top defensive back as far as I, I'm remembering correctly for the Raiders is. Jonathan Abram, which is which was not a bad draft pick. They also swing and miss last year with Damon Arnett. I knew immediately that one was not going to go well because Damon Arnett was a third third round talent taken number nineteen, I believe it was overall. That was a miss. Mike Mayock will, will, should admit that was a miss. But yeah, I'm I'm looking at their their. I mean, Damon Arnett's your starter. Trayvon Mullen, it's all right. You have Jonathan Abram, Carl Joseph, Jeff Heath. Yeah, if you want to take Trayvon Morig or you want to take a guy like J.C. Horn or um, Patrick Sertine, if they do happen to fall, which would be very rare, but if they did, go for it. I think Morig will be there if you want to take another safety. I think that is a possibility, so that one would be interesting. Uh, the Dolphins are going to have some interesting ideas because, I mean, they're going to have um, probably a pass catcher in the first pick. They could go Najee Harris. I would see them more attacking the defense, going more maybe edge or even um, linebacker because I know they lost Kyle Van Noy. They could go with a guy like they might. They might be the ones that are willing to try the Jeremiah Usukoramoa route. They they might want to try that as far as um, being able to flex him in because he's going to be kind of the Isaiah Simmons hybrid linebacker safety. Um, we would call it the um, as Mich- um, um, through Michigan football terms the Jabril Peppers of the NFL that Viper role. So that they would want to take that on. Um, I don't. I'm not sure, but it definitely could be a route they could go. They could also protect Tua. That's also because I mean the injuries are going to be a concern. So you can take another insert lineman name here off the board that are probably all going to roll in the last half of this first round um as far as the washington football team um offensive line makes sense to me um they, they're they're running thin a little bit in that department i don't think you need to worry about the front seven because i mean they're one of the best in the football but if you want to get more depth that's fine you want to get another linebacker my michael parsons falls sure you can take that or Mo would actually be a pretty good fit in that scheme because now you're gonna you're gonna even have more ability to be flexible as far as their front seven is concerned um and plus you you fill two needs in one with a linebacker and safety um but i think offensive line or offensive tackle would be if they got vera tucker i think that would be an ultimate that'd be an ultimate steal plus hey this color schemes fit usc to washington washington football team that's really not much of a color change so you don't have to change your wardrobe that's a plus chicago draft a quarterback just kidding don't not in this spot you unless you trade up don't draft the quarterback in the spot unless trey lance falls to 20 which seems nearly impossible um i think the main goal with the bears i think you can get a quarterback in round two to groom behind andy dalton which by the way just because he's your qb1 doesn't mean you're qb1 in the future because Andy Dalton has experience with that offensive staff from Cincinnati. If you're going to groom a quarterback, why not have a guy there set in place that's run your system before? Just saying, that could be how how this lays out. 
Um, so I think that will be a very interesting idea for the Bears drafting a quarterback later rounds, whether it's Kalamon, uh, Davis Mills out of Stanford, or even going even farther, get Jamie Newman. Um, those guys are those, or even Kyle Trask. Maybe Kyle Trask is the guy. I know Joe Nagy had us have uh, Joe. I believe he had Kyle Trask in the first mock draft, number twenty. Um, that was a surprising pick, but you know, everything's possible. They might want a quarterback. So I think that, or you could go receiver. You could always help out. Uh, in the receiver department help out Allen Robinson I think Darnell Mooney was a steal I think if they get another guy for the outside because obviously uh, Anthony Miller's your next guy up you don't even know if he's going to be back next year so if you want to take Rashad Bateman you want to take a guy um, you want to take a taller receiver to me that makes more sense more because uh, you have the speed you have the speed with Mooney you have the speed with Anthony Miller um, and you have Cole Kmet as far as a consistent target so I think you add or you add um um, outside playmaking ability and uh, a bigger red zone target because I mean I think Allen Allen Robinson necessarily isn't a fade catching guy he's more of a, a straight up route runner and possession guy um, he's not necessarily a big big target so I think a big target would be cool that's why I think Bateman fits the best there and I know a lot of people would agree with that pick but at the end of the day you could there's a lot of great receivers you could take and really it's just kind of plug and chug for the Bears because they need everything they they need offensively right now to be successful because that's what's holding them back. Uh, Colts, I think it's got to be. You could make the argue they they could go receiver and get a different speedster. Maybe they don't like how Paris Campbell ended up. Could take a different guy instead. Uh, Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, insert other name Moore. <laughs> Anybody with the name Moore you could put in there. Uh, but uh, I think you could go there. I also think an edge player would make perfect sense to me because they can always have more edge players, especially with their depth. I think that's really the only thing. I think I mean you could make the argument with tackle um, that you could I mean teams could always use more tackles and you can always get them in later rounds too. It's just how badly do you want a generational tackle or do you want to try to develop one? That's really up to them. And I think with Matt Eberflus, I think that defense is in good shape. I think they just need depth um, offensively. I think they're okay. I think it's basically going to come down to the decision of if they draft a receiver in round one or round two, how confident they are in um, Paris Campbell being healthy that's really the question mark there uh with tennessee here uh this is going to be interesting tennessee's got a lot of different options because they've lost a lot of players they've gained a lot of players they gained bud dupree um but they also lost david Clowney. so a lot of different options they can go with i think a receiver would seem the most exciting for the fan base which I think would be pretty cool if they took one. Um, but I think there's a lot of other needs on the defense side of the ball. Um, there's a lot of people that think Caleb Farley will fall there, um, which Caleb Farley, by the way, number one cornerback in this class, the only reason he's falling is because he has back in, he has uh, he had back surgery and has some back issues. So that's the only thing that's really holding him back from being the number one overall corner. So if you get him there and he's healthy, you just got a first round or you just got the number one corner in the class at 22. That's a steal. That's really a good pick there. And I think the only, I think you could go edge cause you could always replace what you just lost. If you want to go old Jalari, um, I had old Jalari going to the Colts in Mach two. Um, I think, I don't know. I can't remember quite who, um, had the, had the Titans pick. Can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but I think edge, corner good fits there you could also go wide receiver uh elijah moore would be cool get that old miss connection with aj brown i think that'd be pretty that'd be pretty dope um but you at the end of the day there's a lot of different needs you go there uh the jets um really to me i i look at this team and it's kind of like detroit got a lot of needs got a lot of options can't really screw it up that bad um i think you don't need 
I want to say you don't need a receiver, but at the end of the day, if Zach Wilson really likes a guy, you kind of want to make him happy because you just you just drafted him to be your franchise quarterback. But I think they can go defense. I like the idea of um, them taking a corner. I think there's I think Greg Newsom would be a good fit there. Um, I think he's a great football player, very very high IQ. Um, obviously, has to be from Northwestern, right? Um, very very uh, agile. He's a good playmaker. He's a ball hawking guy. So I think that's definitely an idea there. Get your corner. Try to get Darrell Rivas 2.0. But if you want to go edge, I also think that's not a bad idea because you need to get some more guys that can pre- um, pressure the passer because they are really depleted in that department. Um, but I think there's a lot of ways they can go. Steelers. I love the idea of Najee Harris going to the Steelers. I absolutely am in love with it. I want Najee Harris to the Steelers so badly. He fits the mold of the steel curtain pound the rock we are going to beat you physically and that's what pittsburgh does that's that's basically how they play football that's how you if you were to perceive any team in pittsburgh just based on the city that's what you think of tough gritty and that's what Najee harris is he's an all-around back too he can catch the football i think that's a slam dunk now if you want to go tevin jenkins uh um, there are some other offensive linemen. Some people say Derisaw is going to fall that far. I really don't, and I think that's all Pete Prisco's fault for hyping him up so much. I don't think he's going to go that low. Um, but I believe that there's an opportunity there for them to take Najee Harris, and I think they should pull the trigger. I really do. Um, I know one of my buddies, Brendan Sanders, Steelers fan, said Justin Fields should fall there. Um, sure, if he falls there, I'm not. I'm, that's pretty much a steal. Or if they want to trade up to go get him, sure. You're always going to need a successor for Ben Roethlisberger because really, after this year, he's going to be done, almost guaranteed. Uh, Jacksonville. This one's interesting. A lot of people said bolster defensive line. I get it, but Trevor Lawrence needs weapons, man. You have. I, I get it. DJ Chark's there. You have a guy like, I mean, nah. That's the thing. Chanel, um, excuse me, Marquise Lee, those are really the only weapons you had. Chris Conley was there. He's not anymore. I don't know where, I don't know why you wouldn't go receiver for Jacksonville, unless you address that in the next the next round. Now, if you want to do that in the next round, sure. You want to get a guy like, um, you want to get a guy like Rondell Moore if he falls due to his size, then sure. Go for it. Go for it. There's going to be receivers in the at the end of the second round, or I'm sorry, at the beginning of the second round. But if you want to get a guy right right now, I really think Kadarius Tony would be a slam dunk for Trevor Lawrence. He's from Florida, has the speed, has the toughness. I would really, really love Detroit to take him, but I know that's probably not possible in this spot. But if they do and they pass on him. I'm going to be very upset. I, I'm a big Kadarius Tony fan. I know he's small. Uh, I mean, six foot one ninety three, but he's explosive. He breaks tackles. He's a, he. You can play him over on routes. You can throw him out in, outside for screens. You can do a lot with Kadarius Tony. You could with Rondale Moore. That's another pick that a lot of people are saying that could be made there. But I think they should go receiver. I think they should really bolster that offense with Trevor Lawrence. Give him a chance. Um, you can build the defense in the layer in the draft. Uh, Cleveland, they just got Jadavian Clowney, so I think you can go in the direction of uh, linebacker or um, I think you could go. I don't. I don't think you. I mean, you could go depth as far as just bolstering the the defensive line. Uh, maybe get an, I don't. I don't think the edge is needed yet. I think you get one maybe later in the draft or next year. But with Jadavian Clowney there, I think that fills the stopgap for now at edge. 
I know there's some injury concerns or whatever, but at the end of the day, I think you can get it in later rounds. I think that you have the ability to go get, excuse me, uh, you can go get a linebacker, I think, in this spot. I think that's a. I think this is a good spot for Cleveland to get a linebacker, whether it's Jamin Davis, um, um, Jock, which is Jeremiah Wusakoromoa, um, in initial form. Um, you could also if if based on how the the board is going to look on this year, with as far as the draft structure, we're going to see a lot of receivers and a lot of edge players getting taken in the second half of the first round. So if you're gonna if you're gonna start getting frantic on that run, you're going to have to go and get one immediately. So that could be an option there. And I think the Ravens um, with the 27th pick are also a team that are going to be looking at edge because they also had the 31st pick. So I think one of those will be um, one of those Baltimore picks will definitely be on edge. And then the other one will be either, um, I think, a corner defense. Sorry, not corner. Um, safety. I think Trevon Morig is a good good fit for the Ravens. I don't know why a lot of people are saying like he's not, like they don't need that. Um, but I, I really do think that'd be a good spot for him. I mean, that. I mean, he he just fits that that mold. He he goes and gets the football. He makes plays. In he's a quarterback of the defensive type player at TCU. I think he's a good. I think he's a good fit there. I don't I don't know why a lot of people are there, but. Edge, I think, is another great need. Um, if you want to go get it, uh, if Ojolari is still there, um, you want to go reach up for Jason Owe or go get another guy like Jalen Phillips or Gregory Rousseau, go for it. I think those are good uh, good options there. Um, Saints, really the only need you need. Um, corner, you lost some of your cornerback room. You still have a lot more. Um, you still have some of that safety group, but you lost um, some corners, so I think you could go there. Um, receiver... I could see a little bit. Maybe you want to get some more weapons, but I mean, you have Michael Thomas. You have, I mean, losing Emmanuel Sanders really was kind of the blow. So, but I think later rounds, like wide receivers, have so much success in later rounds that I think you can wait. I think you need to go and get a get a safe or go get a corner or a, if you want to get a Sante Samuel or Caleb Farley falls that far, that's when you pull the trigger for the Saints. Late first round, go get Caleb Farley if you still on the board. That's a that's a no risk high reward situation, especially in a position where you're not going to be in Super Bowl contention this year based on the change. Um but I mean linebacker Sure, you could also make the argument there. Uh, Packers need to pick a wide receiver. Please, for the love of what's good, please pick a wide receiver. And I'm an Alliance fan. I want you to make this draft interesting, Green Bay. You, you, mm, wow. I, I was pretty upset. Like, I'm a Lions fan, and I was very upset they passed on Denzel Mims last year for Jordan Love. I was very upset, because I think that would have been a great fit. And then they ended up saying, nope, we like Jordan Love. Which also was the worst draft pick, probably arguably of last year. That Aaron Rodgers now a most valuable player in the NFL. So swinging a miss there, Packers. So I don't know if they want to try to miss twice. Um, I think you could definitely fill holes on defense because I mean that was the reason they lost in the playoffs last year is because of their because uh, their uh, I mm, I take that back. Wasn't the only reason, but it definitely made it harder. I think if you give Rodgers another weapon, though, it just makes him more deadly. Um, so if they want to take Kadarius Tony, Rashad Bateman, go for it. Elijah Moore, go for it. I think that'd be. I would think that would be a cool pick. Uh, Buffalo. I like Buffalo going corner as much as they need a running back. I don't think Etienne is the answer. I think you give Zach Moss the reins for a year. I think you you just got to move on from Devin Singletary. He's not the guy. Just move on from him. Try Zach Moss doesn't work there will be running backs next year and later in the draft too there's other guys in there Chuba Hubbard Jarrett Patterson um 
insert North Carolina running back in this draft. I think there's two or three of them. So there, there's plenty of needs there. I think they should go corner, um, whether it's Asante Samuel, Tyson Campbell, Eric Stokes. Um, there's a, a guy from Syracuse. I won't try to pronounce his name. Uh, people know who I'm talking about at home. Or if somebody falls, like um, if somebody somehow falls, you can go up and go up and get them. Um, I think the I think Baltimore also made a trade with the Chiefs um, for Orlando Brown. So now they own the 31 pick according to um, the NFL. But I think they also need some help on the offensive line. I think that's really what you got to do um, for if you're the the Ravens. You need to give time. But at the, uh, you also need if you don't take a weapon on edge and you still got a guy you like, whether it's Kadarius Tony or um, if there's a, another guy there like Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, you can go for it because that'll just give Lamar Jackson even more um, ability to pass the football and it spreads the football field out. That's something I think a lot of people disregard with the wide receivers. It's like, oh, Lamar's not a great passer. How are you going to get him the football? Why is that a pick? At the end of the day, you are going to have more spread out as far as the perimeter and you're going to make the defense have to play back, and that's going to give Lamar the chance to run. So even though you're take your, you're theoretically putting him more strength on his weaknesses, really it's just strengthening his strength if you think about it that way. Um, and then finally, I would love the, for ETN to go to the Buccaneers. I think the, the running back room is a little big, and I think they have a system that's kind of working for them. So if you don't want to mess that up, you want to keep around, or, um, Ronald Jones, Leonard. I think you, I think you give Leonard Fournette. This are, I'm not a huge Ronald Jones fan. I think Leonard Fournette might be the guy. But if you want to keep those two in rotation and then throw in some Keyshawn Vaughn, that's fine. I think ETN is better than Keyshawn Vaughn. But at the end of the day, if you're if you're if you're set with that rotation, then don't mess with it. So then go get go get a backup, um, either interior defensive lineman or an edge to to potentially replace guys that could leave next year. Especially like Nadama and Sue, for example, um, you can go fit those needs there. But that's what I think. That's what I think every team should do in the first round. Um, kind of going into what to expect with the draft structure here as we um, approach the hour mark. Appreciate you guys sticking with us. Um, but there's a lot of things that I see in this draft unfolding. Um, the uh, big thing: quarterbacks are going to go in the first 15 picks, guaranteed. Um, as far as first round quarterbacks, there may be an exception later in the f- the the first round, and maybe and there will be in the second round, based on because the Buccaneers also might need a quarterback. I know they have Tom Brady. I know. I'm fully aware. But at the end of the day, Tom Brady's not going to play four or five more years. So do you take the time now to groom a guy? That's the question. Depends on what you like. Because I know they've been they've been looking at some quarterbacks. Also, Kyle, the guy named Kyle Trask from Florida, fourth in the Heisman Trophy winner, he's going to be there at pick 32. I can almost promise you that. So if you want to keep him in Florida, there's an idea. But I think first three picks are going to be all quarterbacks, guaranteed. Um, I think you're going to see one, if not both, before the end of round or first 10 picks. And if not, then to guaranteed by the 15, or 15th, 15 spot. So... Um, and then you're not you know, maybe one running back in this first round. That's another expectation. Is one um, Harris probably Najee Harris is probably the only one that's going to be there. Um, maybe you throw in ETN. Maybe you make the argument for possibly throwing in a guy like Javante Williams. Maybe I'm not a big fan of that idea, but I think he's a second round guy for sure. But just strictly for the first round and for tonight Thursday, you're probably only going to see a one running back in Najee Harris in the first round. Um, and some other notable um, things to watch out for um, as far I it's going to, I think you're going to, like I said earlier, wide receiver, our second tier receivers and edge players are all going to go pretty much in the back half of the first round, almost guaranteed. It's going to be interesting how linemen shake out because 
there's going to be three that are most likely going to be gone in the first 13 picks based on need. Uh, maybe two, probably more like two because it always changes. But I think that'll be uh, an interesting position to watch because I could see a, a high situation of where some might take where some or some team like maybe Washington decides to take one and then the Colts take one and then the Titans take one and then you wonder to see where the train ends really kind of that idea um, or even some teams that might not need one but just they, they just like the offensive line depth in the first round and they they decide you know what we, we're willing to take one we'll take Devin we'll take Devin Jenkins sure yeah um, so I it'll be interesting to see how offensive line takes out um don't expect more one. Uh, don't expect a flyer tight end in the first round. Um, I know Joe brought up the idea of burning in Pratt Fryermuth with pick twenty-five. That is pretty much the only possibility of a second tight end going in the first round. The rest of them are not very good. I don't even think we saw one last year, and yet in the draft, I believe the the first or second off the board was Cole Komet, and that was to the Bears. So. There's going to be a lot of interesting things to watch out for, especially with players, um, some guys that could potentially drop, one of them being Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons will probably fall in this draft if he's not taken by Detroit. He's got question marks off the field. He's really a hyper-aggressive guy that sometimes can get too aggressive. Um, not as bad as Drod Davis, though, if for, if my Lions fans know what I'm talking about. Um, there's that scenario of him falling down i think that's a pot that's a definite number one guy that could fall down just based on that where his mind's at and everything um i think christian barmore is another one very similar his motor is very questionable how much he plays in big games compared to non-big games um i think that's a guy who we could even fall out of the first round he really could i think a lot of them have him going uh in the later end of the first round but i really think that he has a f- potential to fall into round two just based off of that motor alone. Um, I think is a guy that will be very interesting to watch out for. Um, I will mention Caleb Farley because his, his is pretty obvious situation with his injury. Um, that's really not controllable. Um, but I think another, another player that could fall as well, I think we could see as far as, I'm going to say receiver... I would have to say might be Bateman just based off of how we played last year. I know there's all, I think there's a basically my idea of him in this scenario falling is the idea of him going later in first round, early second, rather than his initial draft value going into this season, which was more towards the top end of the first round. So I think he will probably fall down a little bit because he is technically ranked the highest receiver I believe behind the big three of Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, and Devontae Smith I think that with how he played last year just the whole season for Minnesota was just garbage and that really hurt his draft stock and that might that that experience might there especially playing this last year might hurt him so he could be a guy that falls but there are guys that will potentially fly up the boards Jamin Davis is one of them if you see Jamin Davis go in the first 30 picks that's because of Mel Kuyper Jr. Um, no it's not just because of him but the idea of him getting all this publicity and stuff um, he's very strong, very athletic, explosive, everything you want out of a linebacker. Um, he's not a big cover guy. He's more of a, your your typical line or run defensive linebacker in a three four. He's he's gonna he's gonna play. He could probably I think he could play inside and outside. But I mean he's very explosive. He's very strong. Uh, he's a he's a prototypical linebacker that you would see on um, a lot of run defense heavy teams. Um, for example, like 
the Raiders that um, that they could really use him. But I think he's a guy that um, even though he has a value of 30, 40, 50th overall as far as picks are concerned on the big board, he could be a guy that goes in the first round. I know a lot of people think he's going to go in the first round. Um, I know there's a lot of people that think he should go in the first round. Some people say he shouldn't. But I think there's a legitimate a legitimate idea that he could be picked in the first round, if not the first or second linebacker taken off the board outside of with Micah Parsons. Um, and then a third guy that will fly off the boards um, that I can almost guarantee will be a first-round pick is Kadarius Toney. Uh, he's not the highest receiver um, in outside of the big three. I believe he's third or fourth on the big board as far as receivers are concerned. I believe he's the number, I think, according to SI um, Sports Illustrated, I should say. He's like 60th overall on the big board. Wide receiver nine. He's not in wide receiver nine. He's much better than wide receiver nine. And I'd like to know, um, this doesn't have a list of them for me, but I'm, I'm seeing the, rec- uh, the wide receivers that are ahead of him. And I'm not a big fan of some of them. Dami Brown's good. I think he's not good enough to be a first round talent. I think he's still got some work to do. Um, Rondale Moore is pretty similar, but he's smaller. So, uh, I could make reasons why that uh, Terrence Marshall might be the only one based on his his frame is uh, something that a lot of teams need. And Elijah Moore checks all the boxes, basically. Oh, yeah, that's exactly the summary they used. Perfect. Um, he, he, do, he does it all. So I think Elijah Moore and Rondale, or not Rondale Moore, um, Kadarius Tony will be almost guaranteed first-round picks. Rondale Moore with his size will be a question mark. I think Bateman's going to fall more than Kadarius Tony will. Personally, I think Kadarius Tony had a good enough years about anybody in the receiving department. That should definitely boost his draft stock, especially the fact that he played this year compared to some other guys due to opt-outs. But um, potential trades that could go down. I got three teams that will likely make a trade in this year's draft. Uh, I'll pick the number one obvious one. I think it's going to be the Patriots. I really do. Um, I think they're going to trade up to get a quarterback. I think it's going to be Trey Lance or Justin Fields. I don't know where. I don't know when, but it's going to happen. So I think that's going to be the number one overall trade that I could see happening. I'm not. I'm going to say he's. Either, I think it's pretty obvious. It's going to be either um, seven, eight. Seven or eight, I think, is really going to be the spot. Because I think if you get to 10, no one else in that department needs a quarterback. Maybe Philly. Maybe. And I don't think Minnesota's ready to move on from Kirk Cousins yet, regardless if they should or not, which I think they might have to plan for the future. But that's just my point. So I think you make the argument there that they should trade up and get the quarterback immediately, especially before Denver, in, in case they steal the one that they want out of the two. Or you just let them take one, and then you take the other one. That, that also could work, too. Um, another another trade-up I could see. I've heard rumors about Washington moving up, and not for a quarterback. Weird. I don't know who they're targeting, but they really like somebody, I guess. I don't know who that name is. I can't remember who reported it either. Uh, I know it should have been more preferred, guys, but I wasn't. Um, I think there's, that, there's rumors going around about... I don't know what it is about Washington moving up, but I guess they just like him better. I are are they they just are excuse me. They just like the idea of trading up to get somebody better than sitting there. But um I think it'll be interesting to see if who exactly they're going for. Um I think it'll be weird. I know Philly's been talking um about seeing if they can get back up to where they they were um there, I think there's a lot of ideas around um, 
I think it's I think it's definitely an interesting idea of where they should where they should go and if they should trade up or not. I'm not sure they should, uh, meaning Washington with the quarterback spot. Um, but I think that there's definitely an idea that they, if they are, they're going after a quarterback. But if they're not, they might just really like one of the receivers a lot. And you want to get um, a scary triple threat of Terry, Terry, Scary McLaurin. Um, wow. Camp, Curtis Samuel. My goodness, I've blanked on that so hard. And then get another third guy and make ultimate weapons for Ryan Fitzpatrick and Antonio Gibson. So that might be an idea. But if you're going to have to do it, you're going to have to get up there before 11 because I know there's rumors spreading even farther about the Giants that they want a receiver very, very badly. Uh, but that also could be a smokescreen because anything you see over the next 24 hours could be a smokescreen, more like 12 hours. But um, I think it'll be definitely interesting to see where those two teams go. And I think a third team to watch out for to trade up is, or, um, I should just say trade in general, um, it might it might be the Buccaneers at 32. I know that's boring, it's lame and whatever, but there's there's realistic expectations that they could trade out. They don't need anybody, so do they just build capital for the future? Really, because they brought everybody back from the Super Bowl. What do they need a 32? Their number 32 pick for fill depth. You could do that in later rounds. That's basically the point. That the point that you could make. But I think Philly is also. Uh, as, as I'm recording this podcast, I get a notification that Philadelphia is looking to move up in this draft still to this or to this moment. So they're, apparently they're not satisfied enough where they're at. Um, there's also rumor that um, Dallas is going mostly all defense in this draft, which we both know will not happen. But that's going to be very interesting. And, and it's excited just to see this draft in person again in Cleveland. Um, I know the venue, they have shown pictures of it already. Um, it's going to be really fun. It's really going to be a fun atmosphere just having everybody in person again, obviously with COVID protocols in place. But seeing some of the images this morning from what it's looking like, what what everything's going on in the venues, it looks pretty sweet. And it's going to be a cool experience to hear their, or some of these players to hear their name in person for all the people that were invited and accepted invitations into the, uh, I should say, green room. It's really not a room because the thing's mostly all open. But at the end of the day, going to be an exciting time in Cleveland for the draft. I know everybody like myself, NFL fans, super excited for tonight and you should be. This is an epic time of the year. I look forward to it every year and I'm going to be right there with you analyzing every single pick down to the T and we'll be back with you with our reactions tomorrow, tentatively tomorrow, um, unless something comes up, which obviously may happen. Last day of exams, whatever. But until we see a wide receiver taken by the Green Bay Packers, it may be the day that we won't have an NFL draft. I'm just kidding. We need to see more pizzazz in the draft, and I think this year um, isn't going to have this much pizzazz. That's my prediction. I think there's going to be a lot of more boring picks in the first round, but just accept that it'll make the second day even much more exciting. But that's going to be the show today. Thank you guys for tuning in and hearing my voice for almost an hour and 10 minutes um, without hearing Joe. I promise he will be back and he is not banned from this podcast and he was not fired in Bulldog Radio. So I can promise you that and we're going to still be here talking about the NFL draft that is happening tonight so make sure you tune in for that don't forget to follow us on whatever platform you're on so you don't miss out of our reaction episode tomorrow and make sure that you follow us on instagram and social media for all notifications around this podcast but thank you guys and until next time we'll see you later